0: Coming at you from the EBITDA Growth System Studios, looking out at the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My name's Dave Gapkovitz and I'm with Mike Watkins and we want to welcome you to the Making Business Profitable podcast. Good day, Michael.
1: How are you doing today, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. You know, we're wrapping up 2021. And uh, uh, boy, you know, last night uh, we had the fires here in in Boulder County. And it was almost apocalyptic apocalyptic the way uh, homes just went up in flames with 100-mile-per-hour winds. And it it was unbelievable. So, you know, 2021 has been quite the year. For the rest of the world. But here at EGS, um, the Lord's been really good.
0: It has been. It, it has been phenomenal. The the families, I think there's probably almost a thousand homes were lost. Something like that. It's yeah. it's it's ridiculous, but uh haven't heard of anybody uh losing any people. Which right. which is which is really good. The fire crews and everybody did good, but uh boy it looks like we lost the town superior almost, but It is, it is a, it's, we, our hearts definitely go out, hearts and prayers go out for those families. And, uh, at the same time, uh, super thankful for 2021. What a, what a great year. Um, but you know, every year is so good because our relationships get deeper and deeper with, with the people we work with and, uh, you, you care about them and they care about you. And, you know, there's a lot of wonderful things in relationships, business relationships, especially, that uh, that you don't expect, you know, when you get to know people, you get to know their families and and, and how the, how they're doing, and those personal relationships they wind up running really deep with clients, don't they? So,
1: I mean, frankly, that's been the uh, the thing that I is so pleasantly su- surprised by in terms of the work that we do. Um, I I just I wasn't anticipating how deep the
0: relationships were going to be. Gotta love these people. Yeah. Love these people. So, uh, what's your story today, Mike?
1: So I thought I'd uh, share uh, the <laughs> visits that I had from uh, my daughters. We, we see them once a year because they're out doing their thing in Chicago and in Houston. And uh, so they came, came home for Christmas. And um, yeah, many of you know that my youngest daughter is, a, is an astronaut and she'll be headed up to the space station in April. And so uh, she was instructed with Omicron on, on raging all over the country to... If you're going to go home, you, you really have to hold up inside your parents' home and not expose yourself too much. So that's what we did. We holed up in, in the house and we, uh, um, you know, played board games and drank and watched movies and drank and ate and drank and. Uh, <laughs> it looks like a theme. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my <laughs> girls know how to have a good time, and so just catching up with them and. Um, Jessica, my youngest one, the astronaut, you know, she's just a card and she's telling us about, you know, what it's going to be like to uh, to pee and do number two on the space station with no gravity and, um, you know, I was telling you Dave no fewer than two or three times I had to run through the powder room uh, because I would have peed my pants. I mean, she she's just, the way she presents it is just so funny and to see the reaction in her older sister who's Kind of a girly girl. Um, they're, <laughs> man, they're, just, they're, just they're very different, aren't they? They're very different. Oh, very goodness different. gracious. But it's just a glorious time with the
0: girls. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, our hearts are definitely with uh, both your daughters this year, and, and uh, I know they had a great year in 2021, and hopefully they have another wonderful year in 2022. So that's, that's awesome. So uh, what are we chatting about today, Mike? I, I know we have a lot of these questions come up with uh, with our clients.
1: Well we've uh, onboarded you know a handful of clients in in the fourth quarter actually fourth quarter was probably our biggest quarter to date and uh, it's interesting as we onboard clients and these are clients from three million to 10 million in revenue they don't have a real good feel for why cost of goods sold, what cost of goods sold is and why it's important
0: really so so how would you define? cost of goods sold. If you were to boil it down, now we typically work in manufacturing, right? In manufacturers. So let's talk a little bit about what is cost of goods sold. Let's let's define it.
1: Yeah. So if you, know, you open up an accounting book, it'll tell you it's uh, cost of goods sold is your labor, it's your materials, it's some indirect costs like uh, tooling that's not uh, specifically for a job. Uh, it's going to be uh, outside Processing, mm-hmm. um, you know, those are the big buckets for cost of goods sold, right? So, revenue is what you sell your product or parts for. Cost of goods sold is what it costs you to produce those parts.
0: Yeah, I've also turned. I've also heard it. If uh, if everybody went home and you turned a business and you shut the door and you went home and everybody took a month off, all the bills you would still have to pay when no one's there making anything. That is how you defined. OPEX, which is not cost of goods sold. So if it's one of those items that if you turn the lights off, everybody goes home, takes a month off, and you shut the door, but you still have to pay whatever utilities are running, your rent, all that good stuff, whatever those fixed costs are that you still have to pay, those are not cost of goods sold, right?
1: Absolutely, Dave. I I think that's a great way to characterize it because you have this bucket called expense, but uh, really your expense should be broken down into variable costs, which are your cost of goods sold. You like your labor goes up the more you sell materials go up the more you sell so they're variable and then what we call operating expense or below the line expense those are fixed and they don't change whether you sell one thing or you sell 100 things so absolutely
0: yeah how do you how do you know what it should be though I mean when when if you're a manufacturer and you lean into this how do you know what what it should be
1: well, Dave, this is the secret uh, to our success. Uh, we, we call ourselves profitability experts. And really what we're talking about is taking cost of goods sold, um, subtracting it from revenue. And that number is called the gross margin. And that gross margin should be a percent of revenue. And the gross margin percentage, uh, we look at that gross margin percentage and we can tell whether you're... Uh, keeping track of your cost properly or not and you know so if you're at 50 percent gross margin well that's in the uh, that's in the window of acceptability because top shops are in the 50 percent in publishes uh, uh, results financial results for their best customers or their best uh, participants and you know that gross margin is in the 50 percent so when we see 50 percent gross margin we, we're like okay that's a good start but when we see Seventy and eighty percent gross margin. We know that uh, something's wrong.
0: It's convoluted a bit, like you might have your material not in the not in the cost goods sold, but but your gross margin percentage. uh, Some people call it gross profit, right? But the gross gross margin percentage is your thermostat to tell you, or your temperature gauge to tell you how you're doing. It's uh, so if you see it like ten percent, yeah, that's that's no good. Uh, That's uh, that is how do you how are you making enough? to drop through. You have to have such a huge revenue bubble to for only ten percent of that to pay for all your fixed cost, right? Totally. So so the smaller that number is, the more revenue you need to pay all your standard bills. Like if you turn the lights off, like I said. So but the bigger that number is, it really the smaller that number is, the smaller your bottom line is. The bigger that number is, the better, bigger your bottom line is. And that's really how to think of that, right? Yes, and that's the,
1: that's the major lever that we, we use when we bring on a client. We look at how do we increase that gross margin percentage. Yep. Because um, oftentimes, you know, the, the client is experiencing one to two, one to three percent operating profit at the bottom line, and, and they don't understand. They're like, we got to sell more. Well, that's one way to do it, but probably not the right way to do it. I mean, what we need to do is we need to get our arms around your um, operating expense uh, as it relates to cost of goods sold. And sometimes, I mean, I've watched you take a company and just beat them into a pulp in terms of their bottom line uh, um, but through their operating expense. Like you guys, you guys spend way too much money in this line. I am spending way too much money on that line item.
0: Why is your house on this line item? Yeah, but, yeah. And hold on a second. You have a $2 million business and you bought a plane? No, hold yeah. on a second. Do you, do you want to stay in business? I mean, I, I love the plane idea, but let's get it up to $100 million. <laughs> right? right? Let's, uh, hey, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll go for a ride with you. But now, Mike, you always say things like, I beat people to a pulp and stuff like that. I, I, you know, that I'm, I'm nicer than that. Come yeah, on.
1: Unfortunately, that's not even figurative.
0: Come, a, on. <laughs> come on. Come <laughs> on.
1: Yeah. So but, but yeah, I mean you, you gotta we have to be truth tellers. And uh, some people can take it and some people just wanna own that line item. Yeah, I know I'm paying my uncle and my cousin and but that's what I have to do in my business.
0: So in in that in the cost of goods sold, why it's so important is 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 I'll start off, I'll take the first one if you don't mind. I, I think why it's so important is your pricing. A lot of people or it's 2021, soon to be 2022, and they're operating off at 1980 pricing. Um, how in the world? I mean, people aren't getting paid 1980 wages. You aren't able to hire 1980 people, you know, and the hairbands, let's face it, they're not all that good. <laughs> it's just, hopefully, I didn't insult anybody. But if, you're, if you have a $500,000 machine and you're charging $65 an hour for it, you're right. I'm gonna to want to wrestle you. I, I'm just gonna tell you, no, that's not good. It's, and and why? And, and it's it's tough love, right? You you gotta you gotta know. All, everybody in manufacturing needs to know the value of your people, the value of your skill, value of your ability. And if you have good people and you love them like you should, and you care about their talent that they bring to your door every day and you care about all the hundreds and thousands, if not millions of dollars you spend on equipment, if you don't care about that, then go ahead and throw price away because money's just not important to you. You're just doing it for a donation. But if you really value that, charge market rate for it. Let me give you an idea. If you have a $300,000 machine, that's worth $150 an hour, $125 to $150 an hour. If you have a $600,000 machine, that's worth $250 to $300 an hour because a $600,000 machine, you set it up on one shift and you hit go and you come back tomorrow and it's still going. And it should have automation all around it and should be able to do a lot of things itself. Like you should be able to doing milling and turning and drilling and all kinds of different stuff. And you should be have have automatic bar feeders and all kinds of, you may even have inspection equipment inside your, inside that kind of machine. So that's worth three times what you can get on a normal machine. You should never ever ever charge less than $85 an hour. Ever. So that pricing is so critical, and we find that gap a lot, right?
1: We were just in, uh, in California two weeks ago talking to a 30-year-old company. And to your point, their pricing is based on 1980. And, and I, I just can't understand how a company keeps its doors open with that kind of pricing. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just unbelievable. So when we talk about profitability, experts just looking at the pricing—that's typically low-hanging fruit. Right-sizing the prices, all of a sudden, drops double-digit profits to the bottom
0: line. Yeah, it's not—it's not a big secret. But if you're charging, uh, if you're if you're having a hard time making rent, and and you're an owner of a business, and you go home and you're stressed out, and your wife's stressed out, and you'll never have any time off, and you're working 90 hours a week. And you're trying, to, you're trying to figure it out. You're letting the customer dictate your pricing. You're not letting the value in the market dictate your pricing. So let me say this to all the shops out there. You're valuable. You mean a lot. I understand. I understand what it's like to be you. And you need to know that you're in the driver's seat today because good shops aren't around anymore. Or they're, There they're, they are. The good shops are around. But... It's hard to find a good shop and get work in there. So people need this. So people need this a lot. So your value, they can't just go somewhere else and get your parts made. It's not as easy as it used to be. So you're not a commodity anymore. You mean something. So stand up for yourself. Make sure you charge something fair so you can treat your employees well. Super important. I want to lean into you guys and and give you that encouragement, right?
1: Oh, absolutely, Dave. And um, I want to reiterate that point. we see baby boomer business owners um, falling to COVID and their shops are just closing the doors because there's no one to take over that job, right? And uh, it's, it's happening a lot. And so there's fewer good shops. And if you can produce a, a quality part on time, you and you have fair pricing, you're going to be overwhelmed with work. And um, the last point uh, on why it's important is from a profitability standpoint, it seems like small to medium-sized businesses feel like 20% profit is uh, usurious. Like we're screwing our customer if we get 20% profit, and um, that's only a small to medium-sized business mindset. Uh, Google, um, Facebook, um, IBM, um, Lockheed Martin, Ford, Ford, GM, yeah, Toyota. They're they're not afraid of a 50% profit margin. I they, mean, in fact, they won't do it without a 50% profit margin. So I'm not quite sure why. Small to medium-sized businesses are going to be okay with 5%.
0: They allow the customer to the on the customer purchasing to beat them up into that and say, because a lot of purchasing agents get paid on PPP drop of PPV purchase price variance. So if they're able to buy it for you from you for $10 this year and get you to $9 next year, that dollar delta is part of their bonus. But the quality resources and engineering resources it takes for them to move apart from you to somebody else sometimes is millions of dollars and it's impossible. So, oftentimes in those, it's, I'm kind of known for negotiating. Oftentimes in those situations, I'll go from 10 to 1050. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. Let me show you some data on this part. I think we're undercharging you. And you know what they do? They don't come back and ask me for too many price reductions because of all the data, and they know we got our stuff together, right? Sure, but, sure. But profitability is key. If you're if you're sub ten percent, if you're sub fifteen percent, um, yeah, you need some help. That's why that's why what we do is so affordable. <laughs> People don't even know that they're paying for us because of what we add to their organization. And and this is not not say it's a sales pitch. I'm not trying to be salesy, but it's so. Easy to help somebody get the courage to have that conversation.
1: Yeah, and so the final point I want to make, Dave, is uh, as a result, uh, as it relates to cost of goods sold, um, if it's an issue for you, and I suspect that it is, um, it's probably not an issue that you're going to get resolved by talking to your bookkeeper about it. I mean, a bookkeeping resource, invaluable. I mean, they're going to produce. Uh, timely and accurate financial statements for you so you can make some of these higher level decisions Mm -hmm. around which levers to pull, but your bookkeeper is not going to give you much in terms of advice and counsel on on how we increase profit. They're they're
0: going to give you the paint, they're going to give you the canvas, they're going to give you the easel, but they're not going to paint the picture of the business, right? They're going to put all the blue paint in the right bucket, all the red paint in the right bucket, and they're going to give you the stand and the easel, and it's up for you to look at those numbers and paint the picture. So... Oftentimes, that's that's why we have fractional accounting, right? So you can kind of take that and have someone look at it and read the tea leaves and say, okay, this is where you're going. This is where you're weak. This is where you're strong. This is what you need to work on. This is what's going on here. So that's uh, definitely something really important. So, and oftentimes those resources aren't the cheapest resources when you get into like a staff accountant or a CFO type. Sure. So fractional resources are really good to lean into and it's actually very valuable and they actually quit quickly pay for themselves because they show you what you need to do and you make one of those adjustments a year and all of a sudden you pay for yourself so it's it's that's why that's why we got into it because it's so easy to for the businesses to pay for itself so it's very low impact and we're all about profit and you can't charge people a ton of money on below the line and uh, really promise to increase their profit can you mike
1: no, no that's a little bit more difficult to do
0: so well with all that said mike cost of goods sold there's a quick lesson on it. Uh, really appreciate everybody listening, but uh, dive into it. Dive into your people because we want you to pay your people. We want you to work on work on how much you pay for your tooling and what you pay for your materials and make sure you're doing it efficiently to where you drive that gross margin up because gross margin is your thermostat. It tells you how you're doing and that's what you should grade yourself on financially. So lean into this, listen to this a couple times, and uh, really improve your business and bring home some more cabbage. What do you think? Right on, Dave. Right on, Mike. Making Business Profitable podcast is brought to you by eSquare Marketing. At ESM, we are your social media management team that puts your mind at ease. Not only can we help with your social media management services, but we can help with your paid advertising, email marketing, website design, video, and even podcast production. Visit us online at eSquareMarketing.com. growth systems do what we do to impact lives through improving business performance to get access to our content or engage us in any way you can reach our contact page or any of our information on our website at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com